Welcome to the Way of Crypto podcast, your home for news, reviews, and interviews in the crypto space. Today's date is April 22nd, 2022. You're listening to episode number three, and I'm your host, Nathan. Let's get into it. Markets are not looking too strong today. After uh, a few good days there, and I was kind of looking forward to the weekend to see what it'll bring, where uh, we're just barely holding on to 39,000 uh, for the price of Bitcoin. Last time I checked, it was 39,414. And uh, right now it's about 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, for the time of this recording. So. Hopefully, it gets a little more greener by the time you're listening to it. But uh, generally, it's it's a red day for the markets. Nothing's looking too strong. And it looks like we're going into the weekend uh, a little bit weak here, unfortunately. Um, never trust a, a low-volume pump like we had there over the last two days. I get excited when I see it. But if I just listened, uh, paid attention to that, I, I wouldn't have all the hopium I do sometimes. But uh, without the... Can't all be green days. It's got to have some red days in there for uh, for buying opportunities. A little bit of news coming out of the Ukraine today. Not not so good after uh, actually all the good news we've had come out of there over the last couple months in the crypto space. But uh, UK, Ukraine has banned Bitcoin purchases with local currency amid martial law. This is a uh, an article from Cointelegraph that came out today. Ukrainians are now allowed to buy Bitcoin only with foreign currency with a monthly cap of $3,300. I'm assuming that's U.S. The National Bank of Ukraine, the MBU, continues taking measures to prevent capital outflows amid martial law by enforcing major restrictions on cryptocurrency purchases. The Ukraine Central Bank officially announced Thursday a set of restrictions on cross-border operations prohibiting individuals from buying cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin with the national fiat currency, the Rivna. Ukrainians are not are now allowed to buy Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies with only foreign currency with total monthly purchases limited to 100,000 Rivna, which is the equivalent to 3,300 US dollars. The relevant limit also applies to international peer-to-peer transactions. According to the announcement, the MBU has deemed crypto purchases as quasi-cash transactions alongside operations like electronic wallet deposits, foreign exchange transactions, and travel payments. By adopting restrictions on such transactions, the central bank aims to prevent the unproductive outflow of capital from the country amid martial law. The relevant changes will help improve the foreign exchange market, which is a necessary prerequisite for easing restrictions in the future, as well as reducing pressure on Ukraine's international reserves, the MBU wrote. The central bank admitted that the need for international transactions has massively increased amid martial law with millions of citizens being forced to leave Ukraine. However, the MBU cannot afford unproductive capital outflows, which include investing in cryptocurrencies. The announcement notes adding, this is in quotations here, quasi-cash transactions are mainly carried out to circumvent the current restrictions of the National Bank, in particular for investing abroad, which is prohibited under martial law. Therefore, the relevant transactions should be interpreted as leading to unproductive capital outflows. That sentence is a mouthful. According to the MBU, the Ukrainian government adopted 
the relevant changes as part of the MBU, MBU board resolution on Wednesday, which was then entered into force. Some Ukrainian banks have adopted such restrictions already, according to several sources. Private Bank, the largest commercial bank in Ukraine, reportedly prohibited its customers from purchasing Bitcoin with Rivna in mid-March. The restrictions apparently raised eyebrows as the Ukrainian government has been actively working to legalize cryptocurrencies amid martial law. In March, Ukrainian President Zelensky signed a law to establish a legal framework for the country to operate a regular, a regulated crypto market. So I don't know about you guys. I find this news actually pretty disappointing. For all the good news that's come out of uh, Ukraine and the crypto space over the last three months, uh, they essentially, essentially invented, not invented, but showcased a brand new use case that a lot of people never thought of for uh, for Bitcoin and crypto. And that is foreign donations for a country going through some kind of catastrophe. I think it was a proof of concept that happened uh, with that in the Ukraine. And uh, it really showcased a brand new function of crypto and some good that it can do for all the world to see with all the world's eyes upon it. I think uh, I haven't paid attention to exact numbers, but the last time I checked, I think there are over a hundred million US dollars in uh, crypto donations. And most of those were in Bitcoin. I know there was some Ethereum as well and uh, probably some stables in there as well. But um, man, with a proof of proof of concept of that brand new use, use case for crypto, I just don't like seeing any bad news come out of the country. And uh, this is a step backwards as I see it. And just the idea that a country can dictate what a person spends their money on and where how they got that money is by putting their life force and their energy and time into something and, and the idea that another person can tell them how to spend it. I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that. And anytime anybody tries to enforce that on their population or an individual or anything like that, it just, um, I don't, I don't, don't like to see it. I don't agree with it. And uh, I wish it was just positive news coming out of the Ukraine, but this, this is kind of too bad here. Moving on to the next story, talking about uh, Bitcoin exchange reserves are hitting a four-year low. I think this is on a lot of people's radar. Um, I've been watching actually like a hawk because I'm just waiting for that supply crunch. And my feeling, my general feeling towards the market right now, and not not financial advice, but I kind of think we're uh, in a bear market, just just kind of ranging around that forty to fifty thousand. I think we're going to be there for a little while until uh, there's a catalyst that sets us off into the next push, be it the halving, which is way down the road now, but I think the next possibility is actually uh, supply crunch coming in with Bitcoin. And that could prove to be the catalyst that sends us into some kind of parabolic run. So I'll get into the article. This is from News BTC, and the title is What Sell Pressure? Bitcoin exchanges reserves hit four-year low. Bitcoin has started a recent downtrend that is threatening its position above the coveted $40,000 level. This is presumed to be caused by major sell-offs in the market. However, exchange metrics continue to show that this is not entirely the case. Exchange balances have been plummeting for the past year 
pointing towards massive accumulation trends, and this has come to a head after Bitcoin exchange balances have touched a new four-year low. This is crazy, and this is what we're all waiting for as Bitcoin holders. Exchange balances plummet. It's no secret that the Bitcoin being left on central exchanges has been declining. However, the margin by which this has been on decline is more important. Even during times when the price of Bitcoin has been on a recovery trend and headed into a bull market, exchange balances continued to plummet. The result of this has been exchange balances hitting new lows currently sitting at a four-year low. This comes from months of consistent outflows that have been the order of the day. Even with when Bitcoin has reclaimed its position above 40,000, on several occasions, exchange outflows continue to surpass inflows leading to a decline in the balances. One of the most prominent outflows was recorded on April 14 when more than 25K Bitcoin, 25,000 Bitcoin valued at 1.9 million US left centralized exchanges in a single day. The decline to a four-year low was made public on-chain data, was made public by on-chain data aggregation firm CryptoQuant in a tweet on Thursday. And uh, CryptoQuant.com, yeah, you can follow them on Twitter there. They just posted BTC spot exchanges reserves hit over, hits over a four-year low with a live chart. Bitcoin outflow is not slowing down. Despite a new low, Bitcoin investors are not letting up in their outflow activities. Wednesday, April 20, saw Bitcoin outflows touch as high as 1.3 billion, containing the same trend as the record on April 15th. It's crazy. This carried on into Friday with a total of 1.7 billion in outflow already recorded for the digital asset in 24 hours. And this weekend draws close. A time with volatility can be quite low and the market may see the pioneer digital asset recover above 42,000 once more. Well, we're going to get there. I just don't know when we're going to get there, but we all know it's coming. So a post by uh, Glassnode Alerts on Twitter, and you can follow them uh, at Glassnode Alerts. Daily on-chain exchange flows, Bitcoin 1.4 billion in, 1.7 billion out. Ethereum 55.2 million in, 52, 524.1 million out. And Tether. Not that there's going to be supply crunch on Tether anytime soon. 64, 7, 64, 7 million in, 66, 8 million out. The rate of which Bitcoin is leaving exchanges suggests one thing, and that is that investors are accumulating their cryptocurrencies. This has already been the case among whales, but it seems like small investors are beginning to follow the same path. So I think that's why we all like cryptos, because, um, or, my mistake, I think that's all we like. That's why we like Bitcoin is the scarcity. It's in reality, it's the scarcest thing on earth. Not only is, the most, not only is it the most secure network uh, ever created, but it's also the most scarce asset. It's only the only asset with true scarcity that you can buy and trade. And uh, this is just more, more proof of that with uh, lack of a better word, but um, that's why we love Bitcoin. Get it now. Well, it's cheap because in the future, it may not be so cheap. Last article of the day. Like I said, it's kind of a slow news day today. Um, 
not out of the norm for a Friday. We'll just kind of see what the weekend brings. But um, an Earth Day analyst, whatever that is, Earth Day analysts say Bitcoin mining is naturally gravitating to green energy. And this, that's the headline there. And I think we all know why. And that's because the profits are higher when, uh, when they're moving to green energy, moving to renewables uh, like solar, wind, uh, hydroelectric, volcanoes. When wherever we're moving to green energy, that energy becomes cheaper than burning coal. And uh, what what better way to increase the amount of green energy produced than by incentivizing Bitcoin mining companies with higher profits? Seems like a win win in my in my uh, view. Let's get into the article. This is from Coin Telegraph. Earth Day 2022 is a good day to highlight how crypto mining operations have become to naturally gravitate towards cheaper and cleaner energy sources. That's what business does. That's what the private sector does. April 22 is Earth Day, and with environmental sustainability, oh, today's Earth Day. Happy Earth Day, everybody. I never knew that was, uh, <laughs> got to keep on top of those kind of things, I guess. Uh, anyways, back to the article here. April 22 is Earth Day, and with environmental sustainability, one of the key topics in the global debate surrounding Bitcoin mining analysts say the industry has begun to naturally gravitate towards cleaner and cheaper energy sources. According to January report, according to a January report by the Bitcoin Mining Council, the global Bitcoin mining industry ran on an estimated 58.5% re- renewable energy by quarter four, 2021. So as this news slowly gets out, we're going to get more, uh, more politicians on board and they're going to have less negative things to say about Bitcoin. Cause the main target, especially in the EU right now is uh, the energy consuming that comes from Bitcoin mining, them wanting to put the, the crazy, Requests of having Bitcoin move to uh, proof of stake and, and what that would mean. And it just shows they have no understanding of anything to do with it. But the more news that comes out with Bitcoin moving to clean energy, the better. And I see it more and more and more. And I know if I were to set up a Bitcoin mining ring, I'd be looking at renewables for sure. The, pre- the preference for clean energy is due to a combination of environmental consciousness, political pressures, and an eye on the bottom line. The key being uh, the eye on the bottom line. That's going to be the big incentivizer for these companies to move to green energy for Bitcoin. It's resulting in a sea change that could have ripple effects that extend well beyond Bitcoin's mining onto power grid systems around the world. Bitcoin miners in Norway are cleaner than almost anywhere else on the planet, thanks to the country's access to hydropower and other renewables. In fact, 100% of Norway's electricity is generated from renewable energy. Uh, Norway's 157 terawatt hours of power produced each year, 80% is from hydroelectric, with wind and thermal force making up the remainder. Miners use that renewable energy to produce about 1% of the total Bitcoin hash rate, according to data from blockchain research firm CoinShares. Mass Nakachi is managing director of Miami's based XBTO Group's Bitcoin mining operation, XBTO. Founded in 2015, XBTO's mining operation takes in upwards of 25 million per year 
and claims to be completely powered by renewable energy sources. He believes that hydropower is one of the most reliable energy sources available to us. Wind power depends on whether the solar power depends on wind power depends on weather and solar power depends on daylight, but rivers can flow all day and all night. He ain't wrong about that. I live right by uh, and grew up right by Niagara Falls and we're all hydroelectric here in Southern Ontario. And in various locales, water can be pumped uphill during off-peak periods as a way to store energy access, to store excess energy to run generators when needed. Harnessing hydroelectric power has remained an effective mechanism to maintain the most efficient mining possible. Whereas a February study published in Energy Research and Social Science Journal concluded that cryptocurrency is unsustainable by design, well, how biased can you get? Because that's not true. That's like saying energy is not sustainable. It's just not true. Uh, Nakachi believes that there is a simple path for mining operations to develop both an economically and environmentally sustainable model. Prioritizing some form of clean energy to power the majority of operations is, in the long term, a sustainable model for successful mining operations and higher profits. As briefly previously reported by Cointelegraph. Another option being explored is in Texas is the utilization of flexible data centers, which can switch from the public grid to temporarily generating its own clean energy from dedicated energy generators to relieve stress on the grid during periods of high retail demand, which was, that was proven this year. Uh, tech entrepreneur, we'll get into that more uh, on a future podcast. Tech entrepreneur and self-proclaimed environmentalist Daniel Batten described a multi-pronged way in which the Bitcoin mining industry is creating positive change. On Friday's podcast from Brave New Coin, Batten argued that Bitcoin's mining incentives, building renewable energy plants, and help decarbonize power grids. This is a tweet here from uh, Daniel Batten. Uh, this is from the 18th, and it states, Breaking, Bitcoin mining can drive us to 70% renewables-based energy consumption by 2030. To say Bitcoin mining is good for the environment is like saying the sun is warm. A massive understatement. BTC mining is our unexpected superhero, and here is how. I agree with that. I think Bitcoin and the uh, the profit margins are going to drive us to a clean energy source faster than any other than anything else that could have happened. I think Bitcoin mining is going to prove to be a benefit to the planet and mother earth in the long run. Batten believes Bitcoin mining drives increased demand for electricity and therefore investments in renewable energy plants. Mining is suitable to intermittent power sources and it can be easily moved to far-flung locales to take advantage of their excess excess generation of renewable electricity. The only problem that Batten sees is that the industry may not be enough to incentivize all the renewable energy required. And just a last to finish up here in his quotations, uh, my only real concern is Bitcoin mining requiring enough electricity to help us build up that grid to the extent we need to. And uh, yeah, the more positive news that comes out in regards to 
clean energy and Bitcoin mining, the better. And then we can shut down all those regulations coming out of the EU. Um, and I think that's closer than what we think. I don't think it's too far off to get to that. And that's going to wrap up today's show. You're listening to the Way of Crypto podcast. Uh, to reach out to me, I run a, um, a crypto consulting service to help uh, newbies mainly. And you can find out more information about that if you go to my website at thewayofcrypto.com. If you have any suggestions, comments, concerns, there's uh, a way to get in touch with me there. Um, fire off me an email and uh, I'll reach out back to you guys. Have a great weekend and the next show will be on Monday. Hopefully we see some green candles. Bye-bye.